Welcome back to the Supercoach Sanctum Podcast. I'm Will Cuxon, your host uh, for another week. And joining me tonight is Jasper and Matt. Uh, boys, how are we this week? Yeah, I'm doing all right, Coco. I haven't had a great week, uh, Supercoach-wise, 1983. But I'm up and about simply because I don't have Brody Grundy, but I do have Jack Zebel, and he outperformed Max Gorn by about 40-odd points. So I'll, I'll take that. I said I'd captain him, and I, I stuck to my word. Jack McRae had a 107. He was my VC. So I, I, stuck, with, I stuck with the bull, and he, uh, he delivered a 102. So I'll take that. I'll take that. Definitely a bit of a lower scoring round for, for lots of coaches. Matt, how'd you end up? I uh, did all right. 2075. Originally thought that it wasn't going to be that good of a score. And then turns out a lot of people scored a lot worse. So I'm, I'm not too not too upset with that score. Um, I had Brody Grundy as my captain, so I fared a little bit better in that regard. But just happy to avoid the carnage that Maxi Gorn caused. Jumped to a couple of spots there, Matty. Yeah, about six six thousand spots. So I'm finally on the upward tilt. Um, yeah, you'll be into the, can continue. You'll be into the top um, fifty thousand soon, Matt. <laughs> all right, oh. all right. Let's get into it. Uh, yeah. So uh, this week, obviously, a bit of lower scoring, um, and it's it's ironic as well because um, for basically the first time this year, no no real relevant injuries. Um, Jasper, what did you make of the round and? And the lack of injuries there. Well, I think there were a couple near injuries for coaches. We saw Tom Powell get absolutely cleaned up by Bailey Fridge. He's got a weak suspension. He'll be on the sidelines. Uh, but in a valiant effort, yeah, two, two young kids battled on well. Uh, Tom Powell had a blinder again, 97 points. He's, <laughs> he's going to be a superstar. Um, I love watching him play already. Uh, he nearly broke his jaw, but, but thankfully he's all good. And then, uh, and then Chapman as well. Heath Chapman for, for Frio. Really early in the game, he, he dislocated his shoulder, um, got that strapped up, came back on, banged it up again. Jack Darling ran into him. Uh, it was good to see him uh, play out the game. He didn't have a great score in the end, but uh, it's, just, just, it's good to see that these young kids um, weren't injured like we've seen so often. And then the one uh, injury we did see, unfortunately, the big one was Adam Tomlinson, not quite... Uh, fantasy uh, super coach relevant right now um, but maybe it affects a Stephen May or a Jake Lever or maybe Tom McDonald goes back or something um, he's done his ACL obviously so that's really unfortunate news for him uh, but yeah that's a wait and see for, for the tools um, down at down at D's and uh, Stephen May obviously a, a bit of a target for, for a few super coaches we'll come to that um, in a few minutes but um once again, this week, we've got a, a few rookies on the bubble and a few rookies who per- performed pretty well um, so far uh, This in their first couple of games. Um, once again, it's been on the bubble since basically round two, uh, round two or three, I think. Um, Tom Highmore, 30 touches in the and 14 marks in the VFL. Surely, surely, this is the, this is the point where he gets a, a call up back to the Saints lineup. Obviously, they had a, they had a big win over over Hawthorne, but um, if an effort like that isn't isn't getting him back into the 22, don't know what will. Um, yeah, we have, we have touched on him every single week, haven't we? Uh, so we won't spend too long on him, but yeah, 30 touches, really impressive performance in, in the VFL against Box Hill. Uh, I, think, I think he does come back into that side soon. I'm not sure if it's this week, but his performance has been really good at lower level. Yeah, definitely. And another defensive rookie who I'm sure quite a few people are definitely looking at bringing in this week, um, Martin Frederick from Port Adelaide, um, 123.9K. Um, looked 
looks really good in his first couple of games um, with an average of 81 um, and a, and a break-even of negative 88. Uh, he's expected to jump $74,000 in price. Matt, is he someone you're looking at bringing in this week? Yeah, he is one. Uh, definitely probably the downgrade option of the round. Um, yeah, as you said, break-even of negative 88 is really attractive. His job security seems really good. Um, Ken Hinckley seems to really like him as a, as a player in the effort that he puts in, and that's converting into super coach points. So um, there aren't too many that are on the bubble this week that are as attractive an option. Um, but next week, we'll probably start to see a few more stuff float back into, our, into the streams of, of relevancy and into our cash generation as they start, rookies have started to hit the wall and they bring in other blokes to debut. Um, one that comes to mind is Riley Collier-Dawkins with um, that in, hamstring injury to Trent Cotchin. I see him getting an extended run in the side, so hopefully he can continue scoring well. He had a good game on the weekend. Yeah, and so did Matt always as well. So those are two to look for next week. Obviously, they've just played the one game, so they're still wait and see for uh, this weekend coming. Uh, on Frederick, just quickly, uh, obviously, we've, we've been lacking the defender rookies um, for a while. So it's really good to see him come uh, into that side and hold his spot. His job security does look pretty good. Uh, the one note is Lockie Jones is injured and will be back in the next few weeks. So that's a wait and see if uh, he holds when Lockie Jones does come back into that side. And also they have the round 12 buyers. Worth looking at buyers uh, coming into round eight now. So he will he'll be, he'll be uh, a miss for, for round 12, which is only five weeks away. Yeah, the buyers always a... Uh... A point of carnage for super coaches definitely one worth worth planning around um but uh yeah just one last rookie that's on the bubble this week quickly riley Thilthorpe obviously kicked those five goals on debut a couple of weeks ago um got an average of 73 now after that uh, big first game uh 202k with ruck and forward capabilities do you guys reckon he's he's worth a look I, I like him uh, just due to that ruck and forward eligibility. That dual, dual position um, is, is really handy right now, especially if you've got like a Maddie Flynn or, or your R2 is kind of um, needing some attention. I think it's, it's really handy to have that. The, the knock on him is that he's 200K and he's going to have more bad games than he has good games. He's not going to kick five goals against the Hawks every single week. Um, as we saw on the weekend, he had a he had a forty four, I believe. So yeah, he's probably someone that you bring in if you really need to avoid a donut in future weeks. But um, for me, he's probably a miss. Now moving on, a um, couple of couple of comparisons again this week, and um, obviously there's lots of super coach value in in the D's um, undefeated, only undefeated team um, in the league currently, and plenty of. Plenty of value there, but um, we're just going to have a look at their two sort of midfield bulls, um, Christian Petrarca and, and Clayton Oliver. Matt, uh, which one of those guys do you think ends up scoring more this year? I think Clayton Oliver. Um, he's just been a consistent um, disposal accumulator over the past few seasons, and he's only going to get better as he ages and matures. And obviously, we're only talking about this season um, by itself, but... I still see him having a really important role for Melbourne. Not that Christian Petrarca doesn't have that, um, but Clayton Oliver rarely gets tagged effectively. Obviously, GWS tagged him pretty well um, for when he scored 67 against Matty DeBoer. But, but apart from that, he hasn't dropped below 114. He has three scores in the in the 110s, 
one in the 120s and then two in the 130s. So he hasn't gone extremely large yet, but that uh, he's a model of consistency. Um, he's a bloke who's going to churn out those 110s to 130s every week, and he's going to continue to back it up for you. Whereas Christian Petrarca, I think he's a little bit more roller coaster. Um, he'll have some really big scores. His ceiling's really high because he can dominate and influence a game, but he's... His bottoms are, you know, pretty low. He'll sometimes pump out a 50 or 60 when he just can't impact a game like like he does other weeks. So for that reason, I'd be going Clayton Oliver. Yeah, Clary, Clary's the safer pick there. I'm not surprised you've gone with the safer pick there, Maddie. Uh, but for me, it's Petrarca. It's Christian Petrarca. He's, he's, he's probably going to win the Brownlow this year if the Ds keep going the way they are. He's been in that good of form. And we do see his ceiling. He's got 146 in the G Easter Monday. Oh, sorry, not Easter Monday. Um, against the Cats at the G, um, which was a really impressive performance. It just demonstrates his ceiling. I think he can go bigger than that. I think he can average uh, probably about 125 from here on out. Uh, just when he does get that, you know, the midfield time combined with kicking a couple goals each game like he can do up forward. Um, I think he's, he's still learning midfield craft he's still he's still got room to improve there and in winning the ball is his tackle numbers um and his contested possession numbers um they have room to improve and i think they will over the course of this season as he as he realizes how good he can be um in that role and i think i think over the course of the season he's going to get even better uh he hasn't reached his true capabilities whereas whereas i think we've seen clayton oliver as good as he's going to be yeah, definitely interesting, interesting one and one to keep a watch on. But you know, as you as I said before, plenty of super coach value in the D's side. So you know you're going to get points from from someone each week. Um, now another another one here as well. Um, so obviously Gorn and Grundy, um, just the the most common sort of rut combination for for super coaches. A few super coaches like yourself, Jasper, might not have um, half for that combination. Um, yeah, whether without. Grundy or without Gorn, but um, lots of rock options, and obviously, uh, Max Gorn and Brody Grundy are the the clear top two. But um, Matt, who do you reckon will be the the third top scoring rock um for the for the year or top averaging maybe as well? Well, I'd go if you're going from now, I'd probably say Rowan Marshall's the most attractive option, um, purely because of his dual position um, eligibility. I really like him as a forward and a and a rock. Um, being able to swing him if you have someone like a Josh Treacy uh, in your rack line or or you know in your forward line you can move the two around um, and take advantage of that especially going into the buys when Gordon and Grundy have a buy in the same week um, if you have the ability to swap those two around or it doesn't have to be Treacy it can be someone else who has ruck forward eligibility but being able to move that becomes really valuable um, if you're talking purely points I mean, you could potentially have a look at someone like a Nick Nat averaging 102.3. He's only at 535K. He's been scoring pretty well most weeks. Um, Scotty Lysette is one that's providing value at the moment, sub 500. Um, but he you know, didn't have a great game on the weekend, so I'd, I'd probably steer clear. He's probably not in that upper echelon. Uh, but it'd be between Nick Nat and it'd be between Rowan Marshall for me for the top two. Yeah, I think Riley O'Brien's worth a mention. He's been in some pretty bad form, but his his heights are probably a clear um, third or fourth uh, in the ruck stocks. Obviously, I'm I'm missing Brody Grundy. I have Max Gorn. So last week I needed to fix up my R two um, with Maddie Flynn not named and Mummy just on absolute fire uh, somehow. So I went with Marshall probably a week early. Obviously, he's going to lose a bit of 
cash. I knew that coming in with the break even of 130 odd. Uh, and he scored 86 on the weekend with Ryder right back into that side. But I was really happy with bringing him in just because of that dual position eligibility. And I think he is the clear cut third option going forward. Uh, really, I really enjoy um, watching him play because he is such a good footballer. He, around the ground, he's a great kick. He's a great contested mark. And then he's a really good tap ruckman as well. So I think he's got the full package. He's going to kick you goals when he does play forward. So that's not too much of an issue in my, in my opinion. I think he probably averages about 100 from here on, from here on out. Um, and, and I think that he is a clear-cut third option uh, if you're looking to bring in someone who isn't Max Gorn or Brody Grundy. Yeah, he's mi- missed a couple of games. Actually, only just the one game through injury. Um, <laughs> Somehow. Came back, yeah, we came back this weekend and absolutely dominated um, in, in the Swans versus Cats game. Is Tom Hickey, um, probably worth a mention among the, among the top rocks as well. Currently, um, he's gained $187,000 since since uh, the start of the season. Um, Matt, what are your thoughts on, on Tom Hickey and where will he sort of place among the, the top Ruckman? Well, based on current form alone, he looks like he's going to be sitting in that top sort of four or five scoring rucks um, on, I guess, average. Um, I don't understand how he allegedly did a PCL and then only missed one week. That's <laughs> not a one-week injury. So whether Sydney was lying to us or... He has just avoided surgery and his knee is very unstable. I'm not too sure. He just plays without um, a PCL. <laughs> I'd be concerned if that's the case, though, because you need the you need the PCL. The stability in the knee is no longer there if you don't have a PCL or you have a, you're playing with a torn PCL. So um, I would be concerned greatly if I was an owner. I'm not an owner, but it's just amazing how he's scoring so many points this year. It's just we talk about. Taylor Walker having a resurgence. No one's really talking about Tom Hickey as much. He's having an absolutely outstanding year at his fourth club in a fourth state um, and playing apparently without a knee. So, yeah, hats off to him if you've got him. You've got a great pod there and he's scoring really well, but I'd be just a little bit worried about that knee. It was um, it was really great to watch. Actually, I was at the at the Swans versus Cats game on Saturday night, and it was it was a clear best on ground for me. I think he got the ten coaches votes as well, but twenty touches, twenty two hitouts, ten clearances, and sixteen contested possessions. He was, yeah, he was outstanding all night for the for the Swans there. Moving on again now this week, um, there's a few trade options um, to go for and, and obviously a few that have fallen in price and some that are shooting up the ranks as well. Um, Jasper, who are your sort of top trade options for this week? Well, I think Stephen May is the number one that I'm going to be looking at. Uh, see, we, we kind of flagged it with that Tomlinson injury, but it doesn't matter. He, he, takes out, he takes most of the kickouts and he's fallen in price because of that injury. So he's actually fallen about 100,000 over the course of the year. And uh, it's now. Now's the time to jump on at four hundred and eight thousand defender for the D's. Uh, he's just you know you don't often go for those key position players, but he's so unique in the ability to uh, intercept mark with the best of them. But then also his ball use and 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 kickouts as well is such an advantage. Uh, he has a he has a round high score. Um, sorry, he has a he has a high score last round of one hundred and forty five. Um, and even with that injured seven, he's averaging 82 over his last three. It's just exceptional what he's been able to do um, uh, when, when you take away that score where he got brutally knocked out by a Tomahawk flying elbow. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's the number one trade option this week down back. Uh, still only 400K. So you probably look to offload two 
um, fattened cash cows like a Goulden or a, or maybe even a Jordan, um, Jordan Clark, Anthony Scott, and and see if you can get up to him um, uh, this week. Any players you're targeting, Matt? Yeah, there's a couple. Obviously, Stephen May's a really big one. I think he's, he's going to get. Uh, I won't touch on him anymore. If you're looking for a midfielder um, that's going to provide a bit of a point of difference, um, Brandon Ellis, I think, provides a really valuable selection at 518K. He's coming off 143 points on the weekend, averaging 102.7 on the season and 116.7 over his last three. What's most attractive, though, is that if you're taking out the 64 in round one against West Coast, he's only dropped below 100 twice, both of them in the 90s, and he's gone above 110 three times, including that 143 on the weekend. So at 518K and only in half a percent of teams, so 850 teams, he provides enormous value and enormous potability, um, potability. for your midfield. Yep, potability, baby. We're all about that here on the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. I think I think it's important to have at least one pod on your side. Um, that's a premium that you're going to have at the end of the season just to provide, as it's called, a point of difference for your side. So he's mine that I'm looking at. Um, another one is Josh Kelly, around that same price point. 508K, he's come out, come out with 129 on the week and he's only averaging at 96 on the season, um, which is concerning. But in his first five rounds, he averaged less than 10% on the wing. And he's past two weeks, he's averaging 75%. So I think the change in role has come, especially with Jesse Hogan being inserted back, you know, inserted into the forward line for GWS. I think that means that Josh Kelly can move out of the half forward flank. And then also with Lockie Whitfield coming back onto that half back flank, it means he's not going to be thrown around as much and he can revert back to that wing role that he knows and, and loves so much. So he's mine that if you're looking for a fall and premium, He's the one that I think has done it in the past and and can hopefully recapture some of that form. Yeah, Josh Kelly, uh, he, he completed his first full preseason over the over the off season, which was really exciting. But um, you know, he, he only scores well in the middle or in that wing position, and he's been playing so much up forward, which is really surprising considering JOS's injuries. Uh, in the last two weeks, he finally is uh, playing on the wing, like you like you noted, Matt. One pod I will flag as well if you're looking for an interesting one, 452,000. Ben Cunnington had 145 on the weekend. So he's now averaging 95. He's averaging 104 in his last three. Uh, he's getting oh, he's getting you know the complete mid-time that he needs. And he's, I think he's finally over those back issues that he that plagued last season. Uh, yeah, if, he was, if he was that cheap uh, in years prior, we'd be jumping on him. Uh, with the injury history, I think a, a coaches are a lot more hesitant. But uh, I, I really like his um, his outlook moving forward. I think he's gonna. He looks like he's gonna stay healthy, which is nice. And he's gonna he's gonna have such a high floor if he's if he's in that midfield, uh, like we expect him to be. So you know that he's gonna he's gonna make really really good cash as well as um, be you know around the mark come the end of the season. I think. Yeah, one um, one I'll touch on quickly as well. Another defender um, is Jack Bowes. I think we probably talked about a couple of weeks ago. Um, and he's been been pretty consistent um, for the for the Suns down back off the off the half back flank, and um, he's in eight point eight percent of teams at the moment. So another another bit of a pod, um, and he scored one hundred and ten on the weekend. He's got a higher score of one hundred and forty six, and yeah, he's looked looked really good um, so far this year. So I think he's definitely definitely one to consider at um, four hundred and seventy nine thousand as well if you're looking for 
for a bit of a, a rogue um, defensive option. Um, and another quick one as well um, is Ben Keys. He's only in 1.7% of teams um, and he's looked looks really good. Probably been one of the Crows' most impressive players this year. Um, and yeah, 86 on the weekend, but um, but he's had a couple of pretty big scores. He's got 152 uh, last round it was um, in the in the Crows' loss to Hawthorne. Um, and yeah, pumped out a couple of a couple of tons as well, um, averaging 101 for the year as well. So yeah, Ben Key's another one to keep an eye on. Yep, an option in the next couple of weeks to target is Jordan Ridley. Uh, he was he was averaging the most in the competition through the first five rounds. Uh, then he got he got knocked out, subbed out on thirty one a few weeks ago. Uh, he came back this round uh, with an eighty seven, so not the best game from him. He's going to keep dropping in price a little bit. He's priced at five hundred and forty thousand right now, um, and he, he he's he's a must have. I think in the next two or three weeks, when his price does bottom out. Um, he, he's going to be a must-have just because of how high his ceiling is, how good he's looked uh, last season and in the first few seasons of the round. He's, he's a definite top six for, um, defender. Yeah, backing uh, backing straight off those those trade options. Um, Matt, who are you looking to bring in this week? I'm trying to figure out a way to do it, but I want to get Heath Chapman out of my side. Um, after he's obviously hurt his shoulder and he's dropped a bit in price. It was a value. I want to find a way to get... Oh, it was fantastic. And it's great to see from youngster. But from a super coach perspective, he's <laughs> fattened up and we need to cut him. Yep. Um, so I'm looking to get in Martin Frederick and Stephen May combination. Um, the fourth player involved in that trade, um, the one that's going to be removed from my side, I haven't completely decided on because I can't afford to do James Rowe. Um, out of my side to get those two in. So I'm still trying to play around with it a bit, still trying to figure out who's going to come out of my side as well. I really don't want to trade Chad Warner, but it looks like it might have to be him. Um, I just think that Chad Warner, even though he's probably at his peak price, he's not going to be the lowest scoring rookie on my field. So I want to deal with him as late as I can. Um, So I'm trying to get the bad rookie scores off my field first. Yeah, that's a good call. For me, uh, Errol Gordon, I think he's time is just about up i don't think he had a touch in the first quarter of the game last week but he's been really good and um his, his price has dropped a little bit but he's about three hundred thousand, so that's that's really good fodder and then james rowe for me i think is coming out of my side uh two hundred thirty-four uh he's he's not making much cash anymore uh so those two are coming out i'm bringing in stephen may with a bit of dpp action i think rory laird's going to come into my midfield um and and I think I'm probably going to pick up Martin Frederick as well uh, if I can find a way to DPP him in as well. It might be a Jordan Clark who comes into my midfield as well. So I think I think those are my two trades. I think Marty Frederick uh, is the best cash cow option right now, um, and he's almost a must-have if if you are looking to uh, go one down, one up, like a few of us coaches would be. Uh, and and Stephen May is the cheapest premium option right now. I think going around. Yeah, myself. I think. Um... Yeah, I got a few of those sort of fattened, fattened cash cows: Errol Goulden, James Jordan, um, Jimmy Rowe, um, Anthony Scott as well. So I'll uh, have a bit of a play during the week. But yeah, Mar- Marty Frederick, I think I'm definitely looking at bringing him in. And um, yeah, same as you guys as well. Stephen May looks like a very, very attractive option um, at his price at the moment, and with um, with his ceiling as well. So I think um, I think I, yeah, either one of those, but. Um, but yeah, I may may just settle for the one trade after I've had to had to cover my tracks the last few weeks with all those injuries. So um, 
yeah, plenty to plenty to consider, I guess. Well, that's the good news out of this week is that not too many coaches will be dealing with uh, injuries, which is nice, a nice change because there's been so many forced trades early in the season. And one uh, one quick point you flagged before the show, um, before we started recording, Jasper, was um, uh, Ryan Mansell from Richmond um, has been probably a bit of a godsend for, for a few coaches needing some some cheap defensive cover in the last few weeks. Um, finds himself in a fair few teams now as well. Um, you said uh, Nick Floston is potentially on his way back in the next few weeks for Richmond. So that's that's just one to watch quickly um, as it probably affects uh, Mansell's role in that Richmond team. Yeah, job security we flagged was a bit of an issue heading in. You know, it's obviously a, a premiership winning side he's coming into. He is a mature age recruit. He won, I think, three flags in Tasmania before he moved to Sample and won a flag there. So he's a winning player uh, and he has been good um, on field for, for Richmond. But I think with Nick Lawson coming in, he may be looking over his shoulder uh, in that defensive unit. And uh, now we'll move on and it's time for some of this. Oh, captain, my captain. Oh, captain, my captain. Yes, it's oh, captain, my captain. Uh, we love that little stinger there. Um, <laughs> and boys, uh, I'll start with you, Matt. Who are you looking at your, your vice-captaincy and captaincy combination this week? Well, lightning doesn't strike twice, does it? Not in the same <laughs> spot anyway. Uh, so I reckon that I say it every week, Grundy into Gorn. Uh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> surely Toddy Goldstein and Tommy Campbell can't shut down a Premier Ruckman two weeks in a row. And surely Maxi Gorn doesn't put up that sort of putrid crap two weeks in a row. I'll back my boys in. Thank you very much. Take the points. I think Brody Grundy's playing for a wooden spoon this week against North Melbourne. So I'm not, I'm not sure if he wants to perform too well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, the, I like the both both of those options. They're coming, they, they've got really good matchups. Uh, although Tom Hickey, I don't know. You never know. He may put up a 150 on, on Max Gorn. Who's it? Who knows? Uh, but for me... Personally, uh, Jackson McRae on um, on the Sunday against the Blues. I can't see the Blues doing too much. One flag will be Ed Kerno. I don't. I'm not too sure who he goes to. I'm hoping he goes to Bontempelli. Um, I think he will go to Bontempelli, but uh, that is a wait and watch. Uh, he'll be my captain, but to start me off, vice captain will be Max Gorn. Um, an interesting one. Tim Taranto had a blind blinding game on the weekend, and he loves playing against Essendon. On Saturday, the first game on Saturday, if you do have Tim Taranto if, and you're looking for a kind of differential, um, feel free to VC him. He could he could be a really good option. And then also Mitch Duncan on Friday night against the Tigers. The Tigers do give up a lot of points to midfielders and Duncan's been on fire. His, his score didn't quite reflect his um, how good he was on Saturday night. I thought he had a really good game again. Uh, so I think I think he's a really good option if you do have him. Um, and, and yeah, those, those are two interesting pods for, for captaincy options this week. Yeah, for myself, I'll, I'll be having a, having a look at a few different options to, to try and boost myself up the ranks a little bit. Um, Tom Stewart against Richmond could be a bit of a flag. He scored 127 um, in round 17 last year against them. I like and it. Uh, Zach Merritt against the Giants as well, another, um, another option. Scored 119 um, against them last year as well. Um, against the Giants and um, yeah obviously the the old faithful have, have gone and Grundy um, so yeah lots to lots to look at but um, probably those those four are sort of in my in my calculations at the moment very nice and thank you for joining us today that's about all we've got time for um, but yeah definitely keep an eye on um, the inner sanctum 
Supercoach.com.au this week for more Supercoach content. And you can now follow us on Twitter as well, um, at SC Sanctum um, on Twitter for, for that content straight to your Twitter feed as well. Um, this has been the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks, boys. It's been great.